0: What up every what up? What is up, everybody? Welcome to Shoot the Gap, our IDP fantasy football podcast here at fantasyandframes.com and on the Fantasy and Frames Podcast Network. I'm your host for this offseason slash dynasty season Jorge Edwards. In today's episode, we're gonna be talking about some of the top defensive linemen from 2023. Uh we you know, we're gonna talk about the things that made them so impressive, whether we think they're one-hit wonders, whether or not they have longevity in the fantasy space going forward, all that stuff. So get ready as we talk some IDP fantasy football next. So before we get started with today's episode, I want to introduce to everybody uh, in the IDP community to Chris Burns, a.k.a. Dynasty Deviant on X. Make sure you give him a follow. He is joining Nate Markham and myself here in producing some IDP content here at Fantasy and Frames, and he's going to be with us on Shoot the Gap going forward. You can also see a lot of his work when it comes to the Dynasty content we put out here at Fantasy and Frames, and more so uh, on Dynasty 365, our Dynasty podcast, which will return from its short hiatus right after the Super Bowl. So
1: without further introduction, Chris, how are you doing tonight, man? Jorge, I am doing well. Um, I'm excited to be a part of, uh, you know, shoot the gap, get into the ID, IDP side of fantasy. Um, yeah, like feel great. Happy to be here and, you know, feeling good as always.
0: Nice. Very nice. Um, so obviously we just are wrapping up championship weekend. You and I were talking, you know, off the air about just things we, uh noticed and things we enjoyed is there anything is there which fan base do you feel worse for let's put it like this the ravens fan base or the lions fan base
1: i feel the worst for the lions fan base just because they've been waiting for so so long and watching that game they saw it just slip out of their hands like you know making it to that super bowl so i feel bad for them like the ravens they've had success much more recently and um you know it's hasn't been as long for them but yeah for detroit and like those long suffering fans i felt for them like my heart broke for them so i think they felt it the most
0: yeah you know like every when i'm scrolling through you know my x timeline or my twitter timeline and for those who don't realize that twitter is now called x it's not code for anything more scandalous than that i promise sometimes i guess you know those advertisements will get you anywho um, you know, I'm scrolling through there and every Detroit Lions fan that I see on there, it's like we're playing with house money. We got nothing to lose. Let's just go out there and have a good time. And like they were happy for a good part of the game. Uh, and then things went downhill on the flip side. Ravens fans, you cocky sense of you know what? Um, It's like, well, we're, we'll see you. We'll see you in Las Vegas. We already have I don't know if you do this or not for your Super Bowl parties, but I always like to get uh for a Super Bowl party like the official plates and, you know, Spoons and cups and whatever of the Super Bowl that year, and so it's all like purple and red. And I'm sure you heard the conspiracy theories that it's, it was supposed to be the Ravens and some team that had a red logo, aka the 49ers. And so, yeah, they're all like, Yeah, we're gonna have our custom Super Bowl, Super Bowl decor ready to go, yada yada yada. Oh, no not happening. Sorry. Um, just, just an utter, utter ass whooping by Kansas City. Uh, kudos to the Chiefs for making it. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Defensively speaking, IDP IDP wise, this should be a very uh, fun game, and we'll be definitely talking about that uh, heading into the Super Bowl next week, just for fun. But speaking of IDP, why don't we get into what we're here to talk about, which is some of the top performers at the defensive line position here at fantasy and Inf- uh, excuse me, in fantasy football uh, in 2023. We're going to be breaking it down between the interior linemen aka the defensive tackles and then your edge rushers which can constitute your defensive ends or outside linebackers whether you're playing in a 3-4 or 4-3 base defense uh as always here we use fantasy pros idp scoring because we take part in the fantasy pros ecr competition and not to mention those stats are readily available to you over at fantasypros.com and we'll be using the stats uh that uh matter when it comes to fantasy point scoring using the information from the good people over. From fantasydata.com, which, if you use the promo code fantasy and frames, when you sign up, you will get 20% off of your monthly subscription. So, head over to fantasydata.com today and use the promo code fantasy and frames. So, let's get into it, Chris. Let's talk about these top 20 defensive linemen, both at the interior and edge positions. I'm going to throw up a graphic on screen. Um, so, looking here, you know, from left to right, you know, with Shoot the Get Podcast right in the middle for those who are unaware <laughs> of what they're watching. Uh, we have, you know, on our left, our top edge rushers, uh, designated by the uh, kind folks over at PFF and their fantasy point per game average in 2023. On the right, we have defensive tackles. And so let's let's address the elephant in the room here. You know, we were talking about purely defensive lineman positioning and rostership of players you want on your team. Uh, You know, having these true edge rushers are really what you want in terms of fantasy production. You know, the very last, you know, in the top 20 in points per game last year, Jermaine Johnson had an average of 8.8 points per game. You know, you look over to uh, the defensive tackles, it goes south of 8.8 very quickly. Uh, So you really want to, if you're trying to use a defensive tackle in your defensive lineman only spot, uh, you want to make sure you're getting one of the more productive ones but how do we measure production how do we you know get into that uh we'll tell you in this episode so um i'm just going to tell you right now folks you know we peek behind the curtain uh you know i was looking at the notes that both chris and i put together uh get ready to have your mind blown <laughs> in terms of production uh, uh quality in terms of just how you know these advanced metrics that we'll be talking about played into the significance of how good these top edge rushers were, which Chris will get into in a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to tackle defensive tackles because there's a lot less to sort through and sift through when we get into that. Uh, so let's look at the top, you know, five or six here. You have DeForest Buckner using again Fantasy Pros IDP scoring, averaging 10.4 points per game, followed by Zach Seiler of the Miami Dolphins with 9.7. Derek Brown of the Carolina Panthers, 9.2. Justin Matabekes, who just was a phenomenal, phenomenal waiver wire pickup. You did not draft him. For those who say, well, I drafted No, you did not. Stop it. You, you picked him up on waivers. And if you did, like this guy, you probably won a championship like this guy. Wink-wink, humble, nudge-nudge. Ed Oliver, Jeffrey Simmons, Christian Barrymore, Christian Wilkins. Aaron Donald to round out some of these players. That are playing at the quote-unquote you know upper elite levels in fantasy pro scoring at the defensive tackle position and so i wanted to do a deep dive and look at certain metrics that you can find um at various places i like using pff for theirs and there are certain things i take into account when i'm analyzing defensive tackles for fantasy purposes now obviously um for fantasy purposes, again, if I'm playing in leagues that just have a defensive lineman designation only, I'm paying less attention to that versus leagues where there's a defensive tackle specific position, like you can find on ESPN, like you could find over at MFL. I'm paying a little bit more close attention to that. But you look at players like the Forest Buckner, you know, some of the things we like to talk about here at fantasy and frames is you know, IDP comes down to a lot of things. It comes down to opportunity. And what you do with the opportunity in terms of efficiency. Uh, and so when we talk about that, we talk about certain things like win rate, you know, how quickly a defensive lineman is able to beat their blocker. We talk about pressure rate, you know, how much pressure in terms of sacks and hits and hurries on a quarterback, making them feel uncomfortable in the pocket, how good and effective they are at doing that. We talk about tackle rates, how good are they actually are at making a tackle? There are a lot of players out there that are really bad at making tackles, like literally like whiffing air. And you just have to ask yourself, why? How? How does this happen? It does. And that 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 really matters uh, when you start thinking about you know players and their longevity and their consistency for fantasy purposes and IDP. So, you know, when I'm looking here, you know, again, DeForest Buckner, Zyler, Brown. We're ranging from 10.4 points a game to 8.9. And some of the things that really stood out from these players, you know, is that a majority of them had, you know, above a league average in win rate. So a lot of these players they are beating their interior offensive lineman blocks, which is great because you want them getting into the backfield, either getting a sack or getting a quarterback hit or getting a tackle for a loss, tackle for a loss, excuse me, uh, which translates all into fantasy points, which is what we're here to talk about, right? Um, you know the next thing we get into is pressure rates. You know we want the pressure. You know specifically dealing with the sacks uh, and the and the quarterback hits, not so much the the tackles for a loss, so to speak. Um, we talk about the the snaps. We talk about the tackle rates. Let me get into missed tackle rates here. And I want to pay I want you all to pay attention here to uh, to number ten, Quinn and Williams going on down. You look at Quinton Williams, Deron Payne, Harrison Phillips, Chris Jones, Kansas City Chief. You know, everybody knows Chris Jones. He's one of the – he will be probably one of the highly sought-after free agents on the defensive side of the ball, assuming that the Chiefs don't re-up him, which I don't think they will. Um, but, again, we'll talk about that more when we get into free agency a little bit later in the spring. But you're looking at all these players just precipitously just dropping down in fantasy point production, and you have to ans- ask yourself Why? Well, I'm looking at their pressure rates. I'm looking at their win rates. All, you know, in the, the double digits, you know, upper mid to upper double digits in terms of teens, uh, which is great. So you want, the, you know, we're looking at the defensive snaps. Again, their snap totals were fairly high. We look at the defensive stops, which basically is a PFF stat that talks about how they effective they were in stopping a play on the field. Uh, or stopping the offense from having a successful play on the field, which means like translating into a first down, translating into a scoring opportunity, so on and so forth. All these players, you know, are doing well, but yet their fantasy production has just been just really not as elite as you would think. Uh, and the only thing I could attribute it to is a uh, tackle rate and you know, how efficient they are at making tackles. Or in this case with these players, again, talking about the the Williams and Deron Paynes and Chris Jones, their missed tackle rates were crazy. Chris Jones had a missed tackle rate of 26.9%. Okay, for me, when I'm looking at defensive tackles or defensive players in general, whether they're defensive linemen, linebackers, defensive backs, I want my missed tackle rate to be like as close to single digits as possible. If you're in like the 10 to 13, like 10, 10 to 13% range, I can live with that if the volume in tackles is there, if the volume in snaps is there then, you know, then I'm okay with it. Um, that That is not the case for these players. Now, you know, again, a lot of things will go into whether I see somebody like a Deron Payne or a Jonathan Allen, who's at the bottom of the list here. Um, you know, uh, a lot of things will play into whether these people are going to be good for you for fantasy next year. Um you know, we look at what happened here in Washington. Washington, they traded away two of their outside rushers. These guys, uh, you know, they left via, via trade. And that kind of kind of exposed a lot of, you know, the the performance, for lack of a better term, that the Washington front line had uh, in getting pressures on the quarterback and making these plays and making these players fantasy viable. Uh, so that's kind of no surprise there. The question is, what do they do? If they, the commanders go out there and get a, Brian Burns or Josh Allen, does that automatically restore fantasy relevance to Jonathan Allen and and, uh, Deron Payne? Possibly. takes a little bit of the pressure off them so they can just focus on their assignments versus being double teamed, uh, which is probably what has led to their, you know, their not so great performance here from fantasy perspective. But again, the missed talk rate really jumps out at players like David Uh, Onyemata. You know, we talk about Leonard Williams, who, who, had really good plays this year and played very well. But for fantasy purposes, again, it's the tackles. It's missing out on the tackle opportunities. It's missing out on getting those easy fantasy points that a lot of these interior defensive tackles, despite their name value, uh, it just did not translate into fantasy. Um, you know, and, and on the flip side, you have certain players that kind of outperformed what you would think they would normally perform. Let's look at Ed Oliver, defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, number five in fantasy points per game with nine points per game using fantasy pro scoring at a win rate of 12%, a pressure rate of 13%, a tackle rate of 10.4%. I stop right there and I'm like, Ed Oliver, why am I not rostering on all my teams going forward? Well, then I look at his miss tackle, right? 21.6%. Like, I want you to make more tackles than you miss. You know, I know that sounds super counterintuitive, but like, these are things that we look at that kind of helps spotlight like, the anomalies in performance, whether it's for the better or for the worse, you know, somebody who is a really good uh edge rusher or a defensive tackle uh, or IDP player in general, who has, you know, checked off all the boxes in terms of like advanced metrics, right. And play on the field. It doesn't produce your fantasy. Like what, what is, what is the missing piece here? You know, again, that's something we'll be talking about definitely as we get into edge rushers a little bit later. Uh, but uh, in this case, Ed Oliver, it's the missed tackle, rate. Right? So would I expect Ed Oliver to have a repeat of next of, of his performances this coming year? Not so much. You know, we then uh, talk about, you know, Justin Matabuki from Baltimore, free agent. So I hope the Ravens resign him. They'd be stupid not to. Um, you know, he, again, 9.1 points per game for defensive tackle, number four defensive tackle score and uh, fantasy pro scoring, 14% win rate, a 12.5 pressure rate, a 12.2% tackle rate, 10.5, missed tackle. Again, like I told you, 10 to 13, I can live with, if the snaps are there, um, and the performance was there, and the total tackles. Remember, the, basically the volume. Give me all the volume, volume, volume. He was on the field for a lot of the plays, most passing play situations. So I'm okay with that. I'm happy with that. Um, you know, somebody that I could see if he comes back to Baltimore being again somebody that I would probably want to pay up for uh, in defensive tackle leagues, if these leagues are like IDP only. We can get into this, the draft strategy of you know offensive leagues with IDPs in them in a later time, but again, somebody who, you know, for a defensive line only league, I would consider him as a starter in a defensive line only, considering the fact that he is somebody who is a quote unquote defensive tackle who may not get as much opportunity one on one to get to the quarterback as one of these elite pass rushers like a Parsons or a Watt. Um, it's just the the you know the efficiency again, the low miss tackle rate and the opportunity all align together, which is why somebody I'm very high on. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, you know, another person, Ed, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, Tennessee Titan, again, number six, eight point nine points per game, you know, double digits and um and win rate and pressure rate, the tackle numbers weren't as high, but the missed tackle rates were lower. So, again, that's somebody who I'm like, okay, again, trusted, reliable over the years. You know, people who have been playing in IDP, defensive tackle leagues, you've been happy rostering Jeffrey Simmons. He didn't give you a reason in 2023 to think that you shouldn't do so going forward otherwise. Um, now, Chris, I know. I see the banners behind you. I see the helmet. Okay. First of all, is, that a, is that a full-size
1: Dolphins helmet I see right back there?
0: Yep. Microphone's on mute, but I'm going to assume that that was a yes.
1: <laughs> yes, it, it is a full-size <laughs> helmet.
0: <laughs> um, you know who wears a full-size helmet also uh, is Zach Seiler. Uh, he finished as the number two defensive tackle in fantasy pro scoring with a 9.7 per game average. Uh, you know, mm, mm. He had you know 857 snaps, he had 65 total tackles for PFF. He had a, you know, his his metrics were okay, you know, advanced metrics, his pressure rate, his win rate was okay. But again, a 16.1% missed tackle rate. Again, inefficiency, inefficiency, and in one of the most important uh uh departments, not somebody I would be predictive of staying going forward. Again, DeForest Buckner, you know, number one. 10.4 points per game. The role on YouTube. I will get to your question in one minute. Just hang tight. Uh, elite. You know, 15.3% win rate, 10% pressure rate, um, missed tackle rate, 7.8%. Just what you want. You want the consistency. You don't want the people who are layering in one deficient area of uh, of their performance. So, just you know, interesting takeaways here from these top defensive tackles. Again, you know, going back to the graphic that we have right here. You know, am I ever going to say, well, you're going to want to start Jonathan Allen over uh, Max Crosby in a defensive line only league? No. But again, if we can get into the the whole aspect of defensive tackle only positions and rostership in a future episode, but as a whole, you know, we're looking at the top performers again from 2023. And I would say out of all these players, you know, a Buckner, um, you know uh derek brown and uh, matabike jeffrey simmons christian barrymore that is going to be a name you're going to be hearing maybe in an idp dynasty target article or video uh sooner rather than later uh so just pay attention to to that name going forward uh this year uh you know and then we talk about christian wilkins and and you know talking about you know i talked about Siler, we talked about christian wilkins a lot of things have changed on the defensive side of the ball here. You know, Chris, you being the resident Dolphins fan, Vic Fangio, no longer there. He's in Philadelphia. What exactly is going to happen when the new defensive coordinator comes in here? And how is that going to affect the value of these players going forward? Potential buy-low candidates in your dynasty leagues. And speaking of dynasty leagues, let's get into the question here we have on YouTube from The Role. He said, just made a trade for Sauce Gardner. It's an eight man. I gave two fifths and Devin Witherspoon for sauce and a fifth, the last draft pick. So without knowing much about you know the the roster designations that you have here, I'm gonna give you some thoughts here and and crucify me if you'd like. Um if this was a if this I, I don't I don't like the trade. Um uh, you know, so, you know, we we talk about IDP, we talk about efficiency, we talk about opportunity is what leads to production. So just because somebody for IDP purposes, just because somebody is good as a real NFL defensive player, does not necessarily mean that translates to being a really good person you want rostering an IDP spot from week to week. Sauce Gardner, one known as one of the most prolific, you know, shutdown corners the past two seasons uh for the New York Jets. Now, you think about this from an intuitive standpoint. If I'm the opposing quarterback and Sauce Gardner is shutting down every wide receiver that he defends. Am I throwing to Sauce Gardner's direction or am I going to the guy who's going to give me more opportunity? Chris, I mean,
1: what, what? I'm I'm throwing to the guy who's going to give me more opportunity.
0: Boom. Yeah. So therefore, your your opportunity is for big for tackles for past deflections for past breakups or whatever you want to call them uh for you know j- that goes out the window that goes out the window because again you're not going to the ball's not going to be going that person's way it's going to be going to the other guy on the flip side uh in cornerback specific leagues i did a little deep dive into this a few weeks ago put it on my uh tweeted this out mm. or x this out what is how do you what's the verb here you know that we talk about we used to say tweeted but now
1: with it being called x it's like x outs is it but that crossed out? And, I still stick with tweets, they're still called tweets, though they're not retweets, okay. but they're still tweets.
0: Okay, fine, fair enough. We'll, we'll keep calling them tweets, you know, as long as Elon keeps you know doing that. Um, you know, looking at cornerbacks specifically, Devin Witherspoon was actually one of the most you know, prolific cornerbacks for fantasy purposes. Um, this past season because he not only had a lot of pass deflections, he also uh, played uh you know he had a lot of tackle opportunities he made himself more play closer to or the defensive scheme I should say helped him play closer to the line of scrimmage had more tackle opportunities there uh just an all around just really good player who teams were not shying away from as much as they would be shying away from Sauce Gardner. So uh if you're if your teammate here your league mate is like you know I don't know can you do a redo? I don't know. That That's just, that's, that's my thought there. You can obviously have your different opinions and it kind of get, it depends on your, your league size and scoring settings and whatnot, but that, that's my initial takeaway from the trade right there. Um have another comment here. What do we think of Tulia, Tulia for dynasty uh, going forward? I like him. I think he's one of the, you know, unheralded you know edge rushers that I'm definitely trying to acquire in dynasty. What's going on with Joey Bosa? We don't know. What's going on with Khalil Max long term point? You know, uh, long term, you know, time as a Los Angeles Charger. I don't know. There's a lot of money that's being paid to a lot of these players in Los Angeles for the Chargers that can't keep being paid to these players much longer. Um, and so I think with the draft capital they invested into into Latu uh Latu to, too to, to, Wow, that's a that's a tongue twister. Um, I think you hold steady. You keep them on your roster. Because I, I personally, barring some crafty, crafty, crafty bookkeeping, which is you know possible, it's obviously possible, teams have found ways to do it for years, I do not see Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa both being on the team this year. In fact, if I'm a Joey Bosa manager in my Dynasty Leagues, I'm trying to get rid of my shares and trying to get shares here of Thule uh, here for the Los Angeles Chargers for Dynasty. Uh, so those are my thoughts on that there. Um yeah, so the, that's that's kind of what it comes down to. Defensive tackles, you know, you again, you really want to go after the really productive ones, the really efficient ones. To have any, um, you know, th- those those are the ones you would be comfortable putting into a defensive line only spot there. But Chris, as you're about to get into, really it comes down to the edge rushers, the outside linebackers, the defensive ends in a three four or four um, three. You know, the, this is where the bread and butter is made. This is where you know the designation of or the true position designation comes in handy here gary davenport the godfather of idp at idp sharks on on x um had been petitioning for years for years to get you know outside linebackers clumped into the defensive line category because uh this whole concept of true position being that look if your job is to get to the quarterback you should all you know every player whose job is it is to be a gives to the quarterback should be classified under one category, AKA defensive lineman. So, uh, because of that, you get a lot more upside with a lot of these defensive linemen than you did in previous years. Um, but enough about that, uh, Chris, why don't you take it away here let's talk about some edge rushers and who would you like to talk about first?
1: All right, Jorge, if you, uh, Put that graphic back up. So the first group that I want to talk about is going to be um, the top five edge rushers in fantasy pros scoring for points per game. And as you look at this, the graphic, you look at the edge rushers on the left, you'll see, like, I'm going to break it down pretty much into what I see to be defined tier breaks um, in the scoring this year. And that first tier is going to be, you know, the first five. It just happens to work out like that. The second tier is going to be, you know, six through ten. And then the final 10. So the first group that I'm going to talk about is the top five edge rushers in scoring. And those were TJ Watt from Pittsburgh with his 14.8 points per game, you know, from Fantasy Pro's IDP scoring. Khalil Mack from the Chargers, almost said the Los Angeles Clippers, but from the Chargers with 14.3 points per game. Daniil Hunter of Minnesota with 13. Jalen Phillips from Miami with 12.7. And Max Crosby from Las Vegas with 12.4. So these were your top five uh, scores and points per game, you know, for our fantasy pros IDP scoring. So I'm going to take this first group and just going to break it down a little bit of how they fared and, you know, try to come to a consensus of what led them to get to, you know, that top five scoring. And so the first metric that we're going to start off, we're going to talk about total snaps. And if you look at the total snaps of the top 20 defensive, the edge rushers for 2023, we see, like, trends. You know, so four of the top five in the Fantasy Pro scoring, like, they had, like, 900 total snaps. And Crosby had 1,082, Hunter had 1,004, Mac had 934, and T.J. Watt had 930. So those guys, they finished in the top five in uh, points per game. And they also had those 900 snaps. So that's something that made me start looking at that like, oh, okay. So these total snaps might mean a little something to me, you know, because initially I'm thinking that it's all going to be about tackles. It's all going to be about, you know, like rushing and things like that, but not necessarily so, not necessarily so from what I'm seeing. Um, The outlier from those top five was Jalen Phillips. You know, he had an injury like on Thanksgiving, like right after Thanksgiving. And so then he was out after that. But he was still, you know, 12.7 points per game for those games that he did played, And even though he is an outlier, I look at the position that was filled by him, like Andrew Van De- Ginkle came in for him after that injury, and he was in the top 20 also. So uh, I had to believe if uh, Phillips did not get injured, that he still would be on this list. But another major outlier that we see in total snaps is Aiden Hutchinson who had 986 snaps, which is third amongst edge rushers. He finished third amongst edge rushers, but he only finished 12th in points per game. A little bit later, we'll try to dig into, like, what may have led to that. So no other edge rusher, like, had over 880 total snaps. Um, So just from... Looking at that right there and like how it's so top heavy, you know, points per game, like total snaps, it seems to have a solid correlation in fantasy points per game, which that's what you're looking for. You're trying to figure out these guys that are going to give you that high floor and give you consistent fantasy points a game. So if you start off not knowing where to go, if you look at total snaps and you find those guys who are getting over 900 total snaps, then you have a pretty good indication of where are you going to start getting points from? But let's keep on going a little bit farther. You know, so pass rush snaps. Um, four of the top five uh, points per game scores, they met the metric. You know, they were in that top six, and they had over 530 snaps. Crosby, 650. Hunter, 613. Watt, 551. And Mack, 534. So they're all over that 530 metric. And that also put them, like, top four. You know, four of the top five, you know, so they're four in top six, which is pretty good. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, who finished second in pass rush snaps, Nick Bosa, who finished fourth in pass rush snaps. They did, you know, finish 10th, like at 9.9 in points per game, respectively, but they weren't in that uh, that top echelon of uh, edge rushers. So when we look at stuff like that, it's not as strong as total snaps, but it's still a pretty good correlation to the points. We're seeing that, okay, so if these guys are on the field a lot, and if these guys are rushing the passer a lot, these guys have a tendency to score points a lot. So that is pretty, you know, indicative. You know, so that's like opportunity is going to lead to production. Just like with anything in fantasy, as Jorge said a little bit earlier, you know, You want more opportunity. The more opportunity you get, the better chance you have of production. More shots on goal, your better chance of scoring. Um, Let's go a little bit farther. We're looking at total pressures. And this right here is where we start to see, like, there's a slide down from those top five, that top tier sliding down, you know, into the list or whatever. Um, So the top five scores, they managed to get 80 to 94 in total snaps. But we look at Parsons, Hutchinson, and Nick Bosa. They were top threes in pressures. But they were out of the top five in scoring. You know, as you can see, like, you look where Max Crosby is at the end of that first tier break. You know, Crosby, who had 94 uh, total pressures, Khalil Mack, 88, Watt, 86, and Hunter, 80. So all these guys, you know, are in that range, that 80 to 94 sweet spot of where you're looking for when you're trying to find, you know, a true, like, uh, score when it comes to Ed Rushing. You know, the top of the list here, like the, our pass rush specialists. So the guys who are in that top five are going to be, you know, like the Micah Parsons, the Aiden Hutchinson's and the Nick Bosa's, the guys that really get out there on the field. And their goal is to just flat out get after the quarterback. You know, so they were the ones who finished topping the pressures. But even though they finished topping the pressures, they still didn't make it up to that list of, you know, fantasy points per game scoring. If we go down to total tackles, you know, for these top five, um, it seems to be like the sweet spot for that is 62 plus, you know, for total tackles. Uh, Crosby and Daniil Hunter, like they are the only two that made the top five, you know, in points per game to be top five in tackles. Um, Khalil Mack, he finished eighth. Watts, he finished 12th, you know, so. It's different now we're starting to see where we're starting to come back to the pack here, like total tackles, like you have a splattering of the top 20 scores, like they're mix and match, they're all through that list somewhere, you know, so you really can't see a strong pattern, nothing is close to what you've seen to total snaps and um, uh, pass rush snaps, and then we get down to defensive stops, now when you look at defensive stops we're back into where we're seeing a cluster of those top five finishing at the top of this uh, category. As Jorge told you earlier, like defensive stops, it's pretty much, it's a metric um, that PFF has come up with where it's um, when you stop the offense from having what they would consider a positive play. So like Jorge, you're stopping them from getting a first down, you're stopping them from getting a touchdown, or, you know, you're putting them in like an adverse situation. Those are the considered stops. Uh, So three of the top four, in points per game, finish top three in stops, you know, and they range anywhere from 49 to 52 of those stops. And those guys were Mac, you know, he finished second Hunter. He finished third Watt, he finished first respectively, you know, and as you see, they are in the top five of points per game. Crosby, you know, he had uh five and he finished eighth and he had 38 stops. So if you look at this right here, just by, you know, of the top five scores and so many being in that top cluster for points per game, it is an extremely strong correlation, you know, to consistent uh, points per game scoring, you know? So initially I was thinking that win rate, pressure rate, total tackles or something like that would actually give you more of a correlation to which edge rushers are going to be getting these score. I mean, scoring opportunities. And it's not necessarily the case, like the win rate, the pressure rate, the total tackles, that is more of a secondary, like, you know um stat that you're looking for when you're looking for your points per game um so if you are on the field like getting all those total snaps and you're getting pass rushing snaps and then you're also good at your win rate and your pressure rate then you're going to score some points but it just seems that the true pass rushers the miles garris the michael parsons the nick bosas you know they aren't on the field as much as some of these other guys like watt and crosby and it shows with their points per game, which I thought was very, very like, and I mean, it just blew my mind to see this because it just wasn't what I was expecting, you know, like Jalen Phillips, you know, he had 7.1 Crosby at 5.2, you know, with their uh, tackle rate. And they finished in the top six. So those guys, they actually like Phillips, you know, he's going to go out and play that linebacker role a little bit more where he's actually still making some tackles and setting the edge and trying to like collapse down. So when we look at that, Okay, that kind of makes sense, also, but still, overall, we just want those guys who are actually on the field more, and that are pass rushing and also getting those stops. It's like it's awesome to see. So total snaps, sna- uh, stops, pass rush—like these are the metrics that we're that are absolutely setting the top five apart from the rest of the top twenty. Which, if you're like doing your draft, those are the guys that you kind of look for. You want to look for those numbers and everything. All right, so Hori, if you could put that uh, the graphic back up, yeah. the next grouping that we're going to talk about, where I say like the next tier, is going to be your edge rushers between um, number six and ten in you know the fantasy pros IDP scoring, and those guys were at number six was Bradley Chubb from Miami with eleven point eight, Josh Allen from Jacksonville also with eleven point eight. There was a tie there. Micah Parsons from Dallas, he, he comes in with ten point five points per game. Miles Garrett from Cleveland, 10.3, and Trey Hendrickson from Cincinnati, also 10.3 points per game. All right, so now we'll look at those same metrics that we did with the top five, and we'll see how this bottom half of the top 10 does, like so six through 10. In total snaps, the biggest difference that I can see in the group when we look at this number six through 10 is that there's not nearly as many snaps that they take as the top five does. Like Josh Allen had 880 total snaps. And he was leading like this group from number six through 10 in total snaps. But it's about 200 snaps behind the the bottom of the top five scores. And Hendrickson, you know, he was third with 742. But he is over 300 snaps behind Max Crosby, who is in that fifth spot, you know, on the total points per game. So we're seeing that, okay, total snaps. Like if you're on the field a lot more, you have a lot more opportunity and you're going to have a higher points per game. We go to the pass rush snaps. I mean, it's interesting to see, like, all five of these guys, number six through 10, and again, six through 10 is going to be Chubb, Allen, Parsons, Garrett, and Hendrickson. All of those guys right now are clumped there together, you know? Unfortunately, they're just not at the top. Instead of being at the top, they're all finished ninth through tenth respectively. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that right there shows that, okay, pass rush snaps, Means a lot. It's further indication of what we found with the top five that we want these guys who are actually rushing the passer, along with being on the field. Um, so I, I
0: have a question. Yes, sir. Just to take away um, everything so far, which is which is blowing my mind that you you know for for so long in IDP circles, you know we we would take things like pressure rate, and win rate, and any other pass rushing metric, and use that to define the upside and fantasy value for an edge rusher or a defensive lineman. And here you are reminding all of us, like, Hey, uh, they do other things besides that. They do other things besides rush to pass. you have to think about, like you were talking about with some of these edge rushers, like setting the edge, getting some tackles, whether it's stopping the run, you know, there are you know, t- 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 tackles and coverage. Like there's so many different roles that these, you know, defensive linemen play than being a true, you know, edge rusher. So, you know, if, if, if you don't get, let's say it's draft season, it's startup season, if we're dynasty or it's, you know, we get to redraft season and we're looking at these, these players from what I'm understanding and from what the listeners are, are, are understanding, you're saying it's probably better to go with the high volume snaps player first, just because they, they cross off all the different metrics and, and production ultimately. And then when you get outside of the realm where like you're not getting those players, you know, you have the people who are playing fewer snaps. That's where efficiency starts playing more of a role. Is that, is that fair to say? Did I summarize that properly? Or did I butcher everything you just said?
1: <laughs> no, you summarize that absolutely perfectly because that's exactly what these numbers are showing me, like, uh, like at this point, you know. Um, and I agree with you, like IDP scoring, like I'm relatively new to it, but it is different now because I'm thinking the NFL game has changed. So these edge rushers, you know, who are out there, Not only are they getting after the quarterback, but because of the new Shanahan way of playing football where there's so much movement, there's so much spreading out and they're going east and west, you know, and so they have to do a lot more. So if they're trying to get after the quarterback, they get rid of the ball quickly. They dump it off on a screen or some type of bubble or whatever sweep. Now that guy is. Drifting out, you know, to the numbers, he's trying to set the edge to make sure they don't get outside of him and he can come down and actually make a tackle, you know, so they're doing a lot more than just rushing the passer. You look at a a specialist like Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons. Now he lines up everywhere. I'm surprised that we haven't seen him line up out wide at corner yet, but he's actually (laughs) doing everything, you know, because they're trying to get away from him, you know, so it really is showing like a lot difference that if you look at the guys who are getting that volume, who are actually good at that position, like, You look at Max Crosby, high motor, never stops. T.J. Watt, a flat-out stud, he never stops. So these guys are not only on the field on third down or long situations, they're actually out there and they're making plays on those short downs too. So first and second downs, like second and short, Max Crosby is coming in to make a defensive tackle. Max, I mean, Crosby is running across the field to get like a five-yard tackle somewhere. Like, so – These guys—they're doing way more than just pinning their ears back and just rushing the quarterback. So, like exactly what you're saying, like it has changed a little bit, and it does seem that those guys that get a lot of that volume are getting more opportunity to do those other things besides get sacks.
0: Man, so you know, so let's take this a step further. So again, we're you're getting into you know the the thralls of dynasty season, and we're doing startups, and people are doing whether they're in all IDP dynasty leagues or they're doing mixed offense and idp and they get to the point where it's like i should address the idp position i should address um you know these players um you know we talk about defensive ends we talk about outside linebackers you know we talk about like you mentioned tj watt and micah parsons how they you know they basically control the edge although like, like you said micah parsons is lining up everywhere are you still of the? Are you? Well, I should say, are you of the belief that it's better to draft players that play more of that linebacker role still versus being a pure pass rusher defensive end in terms of upside for fantasy? Just because they are the ones who, on short situations, are trying to make that tackle to prevent a first down or get that tackle for a loss or so on and so forth. Or are you? Are you a believer that? No, I'm going to hold that hope and hope I hit the nail on the head for the elites defensive end, whose primary job is just rushing the passer?
1: No, so as for me, like, my mindset is to going after the guy who is going to give me a more consistent floor. So, you know, like, um, with anything in fantasy, like, nothing's guaranteed, but there are things that have a higher probability of happening. You know, so I believe that T.J. Watt has a higher probability of getting a couple tackles, getting a couple pressures, and disrupting a game. More so than T.J. Watt getting in the backfield and getting two ta- uh, sacks, you know, on the quarterback, it could still happen, but it might not. So T.J. Watt, I know that he's going to drop in cover sometimes, so he may give me a fluky uh, interception that's going to offset, you know, um, like somebody who's might get more sacks because they just rush the quarterback a lot more. I want the volume because I just want as much opportunity as I can get because. The more the more chances you get to get fantasy points, the more likely you will get fantasy points. You know what I mean? Um, So you look like Parsons. Like I I keep going. I feel like I'm picking on Parsons a lot. But if you keep looking at Parsons and you're looking at Bosa, when you know what their prime directive is like, they are going after the quarterback. Well, teams know this as well as you and I do. You know, so when they're like uh, seeing that, all right, they're going to try to do things to disrupt you. I've seen uh, there's been a huge shift of, you know, on down the distance and you're lining up and you see Wimboza, which is pretty impressive how he gets in his stance. You know, like he does like that yoga stretch and you know that this guy is ready to unleash the beast. You just run right at him because he is hell-bent on getting to the quarterback. Like if you just knock him off his, uh you know, um, his angle a little bit, I mean, and then you can just move on. That's what we start to see where Bosa was not as effective this year as he normally has been. Mm. And then you look in the middle of the season when, you know, they were like, we're going to stop letting Michael Parsons destroy us. I mean, now granted, the refs didn't want to give him any holding calls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bringing in know? the controversy. Okay. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but, you know, so there's things like that. So you look at um, it all comes together, but like, Just like on the offensive side of ball, if you're playing PPR, like you want the PPR gold. Like, I don't need somebody like Will Fuller back in the day who's going to give me one pass for 57 yards and a touchdown. Give me Jarvis Landry who's going to give me 10 catches for 50 yards. You know what I mean? You know, because he is going to outscore that big play. Um, Big plays, it's the NFL. And we all know the NFL, like all these guys are really good. Like we're watching it and we might say, oh, this guy's not so good just because they're compared to the other top 1% of football players in the world. You know what I mean? So all these guys are really good. So that means these big plays aren't going to happen as often as we want them to or as often as it happens when we're playing Madden. You know, so give me just the consistent little things that's going to stack up to be a lot more than just a major play. You know, every – Two or three games
0: no that makes sense uh you know you, you mentioned earlier aiden hutchinson and I, i'm probably jumping the gun here but as as a lot of the you know football viewing audience out there was unless you were a hardcore 49er fan like you were cheering for the lions to to get to the super bowl right and yeah, you know, i'm curious to hear what what is your thoughts on or what information you found in regards to Aiden Hutchison and what kind of dropped him out of the the top, you know, performers here for fantasy purposes.
1: Okay. Yeah. So as you see Aiden Hutchison, like he finished number 12, you know, uh, for edge rushers in 2023 for the points per game scoring. And like, you're wondering why, because when you watch him play on Sundays, like he's high motor guy, he's out there, he's doing a whole lot of things. You see him all the time. You see him rushing the passer. You just see him doing a lot of stuff but it did not translate into fantasy points per game. He only had 10 points per game. So if we go and we look at those metrics and everything, so remember we talked about total snaps, saying that you wanted to be over 900 total snaps, you know, to give a good indication of fantasy points. Well, Aiden Hutchinson was third in uh, total snaps with 986. In pass rush snaps, um, Aiden Hutchinson was out there also. He was number two in pass rush snaps behind Max Crosby with 624. So he's over that, you know, 530 mark that you're looking for. In total pressures, Aiden Hutchinson was doing his thing. He was second in total pressures, only behind Michael Parsons with 101. And even if you look at the tackles, you know, like Aiden Hutchinson's job is not to go out there and make a whole lot of tackles. But, uh, like – He finished, like, 15th in the top 20 when it comes to that. So you're looking at that. So you're sitting there thinking, like, all right, so the the total snaps, the pass rush snaps, and the defensive stops. Uh, I'll tell you what he did in stops. Um, Aiden Hutchinson. So his stops number was a little low. So he wasn't topping that. He was actually 18th when it comes to defensive stops. Uh Uh-oh. So now we're starting to see where it is. So even though he's high in the total snaps, he's high in the pass rush, massive drop when it comes to defensive stops. All right, that's not necessarily what else is hitting her in him. Like, so once I saw that, I was like, but still, like, he's on the field so much, he's doing so much. Well, like, what else am I missing here? His win rate is 21.3, you know, so that's good. His tackle rate, you know, is not too bad either. And like his pressure rate was 16.2. So you're like, how can he be doing all these things, dominating so much in the field, but his points per game was so slow? I mean, so low. And then I went and I wanted to, all right, so, what is his missed tackle rate? And then when I saw his missed tackle rate, I saw that it is 24%. (laughs) (laughs) And, (laughs) And that explained everything. When I see that he is missing like so many tackles that that is why he is not scoring those additional points, you know, like for the tackles that he's getting and I was looking at his pass rushing, you know I mean? So, so his pressure is up there and his pass rushing is up there. What I'm thinking has happened so much this season is that Aiden Hutchinson is going hard to get sacks. He had 11 sacks in the season, so he's doing his thing in that regard. But I'm thinking that he may be over-pursuing a little bit, which is leading to him missing, you know, and that's why he dropped a lot. So that's where Hutchinson ends up.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy because you had such an effective uh, and efficient, and efficient uh, rookie year and just uh, see the drop just like double in terms of missed tackle rate and uh, or missed tackle efficiency, however you want to call it. Um, <clears throat> that, that is telling. So then here's here's the question. You know this. I know this. The so people who are listening and watching, they know this now. Here's the kicker. You're probably not going to get him at a discount. I really <laughs> doubt it. Or your redraft just because name play on the field um is gonna supersede fantasy output. But if you're the shrewd fantasy manager, IDP manager, um in a dynasty, I don't it's it's tough, man. It's tough, it's tough. Like, where do you value agent Aiden Hutchinson going forward? To find that out, you should head over to fantasyandframes.com and check out our dynasty rankings. And as we get ready for draft season, our draft rankings, and of course our weekly rankings. Um do Chris, this is this is so much so much knowledge. Uh this is crazy. This is crazy. Again, I go back to what you know you were saying and and we said earlier so many people like talking about the the key metrics, the the win rate, the pressure rates, the efficiency, and they just blindly neglect to talk about oh how much are they on the field. And, Mm -hmm. And here's the thing a lot of people out there and fantasy football land, let's face it, a lot of them don't play IDP fantasy football. It's for people who enjoy football and people who I like the most, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. To all you who are listening and watching. Um, I, I think IDP fantasy football gives the, uh, people a more of an appreciation for offense, really, because you know now what these offensive players are having to go through to get to the production that they get on a weekend and weekend basis. And I think we're going to do a really good job, and you did a really good job today, Chris. And I think, you know, this show is going to do a really good job this year, more so than in other years, of really trying to bring it back home to like not only are we going to bring it back home to where the fantasy production meets the on field play, but how fantasy production for IDP can kind of mirror offense and bring that correlation together so that you can feel comfortable playing IDP and enjoy it and be able to not be scared of saying, well, I don't understand why my offensive wide receiver running back is so playing so poorly. Uh, well, it's like, well, you're, you know, he's taking on a fairly efficient player who's playing a lot of snaps. Like, so put that, to, you know, we'll help bridge that gap, uh, you know, while you're shooting the gap. <laughs> wow. It's too late. It is way too late for me to making jokes like that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, what I shall say to people out there is look out for a lot of our prospect content coming out soon. Uh, for the nfl draft look out for our dynasty target content we have a lot of a lot of things lined up for you here on shoot the gap yeah i'm really excited that uh chris you're a part of you know shoot the gap now i think everybody else here is going to be super excited uh that's listening to the content because you just dropped so much knowledge here on people that it is it is unreal and so thank you very much for agreeing to come on shoot the gap and be with us going forward and uh, any last words before we wrap up tonight?
1: Um, no, like I'm excited. I appreciate, you know, the opportunity to come on, like shoot the gap, talk about some IDP, because I agree with you. It is making, you know, the offensive side of football a lot more exciting. So I'm glad to be here and look forward to rocking with you guys.
0: All right, folks. Well, so this was our uh, makeup episode from last week. Uh, this Wednesday at 10 PM, our usual time here, we will be talking about the 2023 linebackers, top performers, top 20, and uh, giving you our thoughts on their performance, uh, the behind-the-scenes look at what made them special in terms of their performance as well as whether we think they are people that you could be counting on in 2024 and beyond. Uh, so for Chris, I'm Jorge. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to Shoot the Gap. Don't forget to rate, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now listen to Shoot the Gap exclusively Uh, when you go into Spotify or Apple or iTunes and just look for the shoot the gap podcast and uh, let us know what you think. And we'll see you on Wednesday.